With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Zach Van Orman with Once Upon a Fan bringing you our weekly podcast. And I'm happy to be with you on this Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I'm joined by my regular co-host Amy Hood. Amy, hello darling. Hello darling, how are you? Doing pretty good. Um, the Seahawks are still winning the Super Bowl, as far as I can tell, so I'm good. Uh, I live in Seattle, so of course I'm rooting for the home team, and yeah, I'm pretty excited. I hope that they, I hope that they win because it would be very exciting. Because I certainly don't want to be living in the city tomorrow if they lose. Let me tell you, because everyone will be <laughs> depressed beyond measure. So that's all I have to say. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. And uh, before I uh, go on with the show, I just want to tell everybody that I am speaking in a little bit of a quiet tone tonight because I am actually having to. Um, podcast from a place that is not my normal location, and because of the, um, you know, there's a big old Super Bowl party going on at my normal location, and it's going to be pretty loud. So um, I'm talking a little bit quieter because of where I'm at. So if you can't hear me a little bit, Amy, please let me know because uh, I want to make sure that we can be heard. And the chat room is uh, opening up right now. So if you are listening to the podcast, uh, as usual, it might take you a couple of minutes to log in because sometimes we notice it, it does happen for some people. But uh, otherwise, the chat room is now open and ready to go. So go ahead and join us there. Uh, we're going to get into our regular newscast here at the beginning. So the first thing that we've got, of course, is that today um, it was announced what the episode title for uh, number 18 is of this season. And it's called Bleeding Through. And this is going to be the episode where we get uh, Rose McGowan back as young Cora. Of course, she's the Queen of Hearts, so bleeding through, you know, blood, hearts, it's all kind of related. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that plays out. I definitely can't wait for this. Some people are saying that bleeding through, they're kind of hoping that it means maybe we'll start to see worlds crossing, but, I mean, obviously we don't know. That's all the speculation. People have just been you know, hoping that that's what it means, that we get to see some mixing it up. But I'm definitely excited for Rose McGowan coming back and getting to see more backstory of her because I loved her as young Cora. So I think it's going to be awesome. Probably one of the best yeah, episodes of the season. I'm pretty excited for that as well because um, I do like, I like Rose McGowan anyway, but I'm really excited to see her back as Cora. And uh, let me see, Amy, what else do we have going on in the news today? Uh, we still have the art competition going on for a little bit longer, the Oz art competition. So if you draw, paint, digital media, photo edits, how, whatever type of art you have, if you have a piece you'd like to submit, so once upon a fan, whichever one is voted the fan favorite, we'll actually be using that as the header for our social media. So what we're looking for is something kind of going into this whole Wicked Witch Oz theme that we're about to have. So definitely want to get that out there and have some more submissions coming in. I've seen a lot of really great things. I love, love, love fan art. I'm actually personally right now looking for fan art to put on a new phone. I'm finally eligible to get into the 21st century and upgrade my phone. So I'm looking for a special piece of fan art myself, too, to also maybe make into a phone case. So 
I'm looking for all kinds of fan art right now. Yeah, well, welcome to the 21st century where cell phones have become <laughs> Star Trek tricorders. So, yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, let me see. The other thing that we have going, and I'm really excited about the art competition too, actually, because I've seen some really good things as well. I actually saw a poster um, recently that somebody did. It says, Wicked is coming. It's kind of styled the same way as the Magic is coming poster for season two. Um, but except for the smoke is green, it's all dark, and where Emma was holding the sword for season two, it's the Wicked Witch standing there in kind of green smoke, and then all the other characters, you know, like the Charming family, basically, are all standing behind her, so I thought that was pretty neato. Um, so, you know, different stuff like that, that's the things we definitely want to see. You know, what would you want to see as far as that combination goes? You know, that's what we really want to know. So, um, you know, send that in for us. And then, of course, we've still got the Shorty Awards going on. So if you want to nominate Once Upon a Fan for the best fan site, then you would go on to Twitter and tweet out, I nominate at Once Upon a Fan for a Shorty Award in hashtag fan site because, and then you fill out your reason. Uh, so there's a couple of, I think there's a couple of weeks left on that still. So we do want to make sure that we get as much going on as possible. Sherlock is uh, one of the last three years in a row. We think it would be great if Once Upon a Time could kind of take that title from them. So no offense to any Sherlock fans out there, but Once Upon a Time is awesome. So there we go. <laughs> All right. And so, uh, so now I'm just going to get right on into the, you know, the episode discussion, as we normally do. Um, for everyone who's listening, I want to let you know we are doing a, um, a one-hour podcast today instead of our normal 90 minutes. Um, in part because of the Super Bowl going on, because to be honest, I really need to watch my team win. So um, <laughs> I just got to admit that right up front. Yeah. And for those yeah, of you, I, I don't live in Seattle. Zach lives in Seattle. I don't live in Seattle. I'm actually, I live in Florida now, but I'm a Mississippi girl. And Peyton's family, part of them are from Mississippi in one of the towns my family's from. So I'm kind of rooting for the Broncos. So I'm very, very sad right now. So the best thing so far that's come out of the Super Bowl for me tonight is the fact that Lana Perea is there and she's tweeted pictures yeah. of her smalls from the Super Bowl. So that's, that's yeah. pretty I much hope she's a Hawks on my fan. night today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I really hope that she's a Hawks fan or else I'll be very disappointed. So, I mean, she yeah. hasn't said yet who she's rooting for. So if any of you in the chat room know, if you could let us know who she's rooting for. I've been searching all night and I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I just want to be clear, too. I have never really been into football at all. I'm not really a sports person, and I'm definitely a bandwagon fan um, because normally if the Seahawks are losing, I'm not really interested. But now that we're at the Super Bowl, I'm like, yeah, go Seahawks. So, you know, just going to be open with that, too. Uh, okay, so let's get into the episode discussion because I know I certainly want to. I think that this is a, an interesting episode. I think it's really great for, um, you know, for the story and what it did. It launched a very um, interesting season to uh, – for lack of a better term. Um, yeah, that's all i got to say about that part. That's, that We'll just start with that. So, of course, the episode opens with a guy walking through what ends up being New York City, um, listening to the song Charlie's Girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, my immediate thought, I mean, I remember even when the episode first came out, my immediate thought was that that was Balefire growing up. Um, yes. And, of course, it was. But that was, that was my very first guess. That was what I thought. That's what I thought too when I saw that. I was that was my immediate feeling. I think a lot of people felt like that, and even Adam and Eddie have said in interviews too that they um, a lot of people immediately picked up on what they had expected to be a more you know shocking. Yeah, that was definitely what my first thought was. Yeah, um, I, I what I really liked too as I was watching this this episode with Neil. Um, 
was as he was walking around, there were like I was trying to look for different hints and you know maybe something in the background that would give a clue of who he was. Um, right. You know something like in his apartment. Um, you know like this, he had the sign that it said cleaners and hatters. You know for example. So um, I was really interested in you know just kind of looking for hints to see if there were any there. And then there was another, there was a poster where it was like a red hand and it had a symbol on it. And I thought that that meant something. Like I looked up the picture to try and figure out if there was something to it. And it was just, yeah, like just the very first couple minutes of this episode set me on this like, you know, rabid search for, you know, anything that I could find. That's to see what was going on. So, yeah, you know, it was just ridiculous. So it was pretty funny. Um, and then there is the cleaner and hatter sign in there, which I, you know, I love that. It's obviously a reference to Jefferson. I mean, at least that's what I took from that. Um, because, you know, of course, later at the end of the episode, Jefferson's hat shows back up. So as soon as, you know, the two things were together, I was like, okay, well, that's what cleaner and hatters is for. So that was my first thought. And then, of course, um, you know, after that, the bird arrives with the postcard that says broken. And, you know, it's from Storybrooke. And you're immediately like, okay, wait. Like, I remember thinking, wait, if he's Balefire and he knows about the curse that it's broken, oh, my gosh, like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Like, how is that possible? What's going on here? I remember, think, like, at that point, going just crazy trying to figure out who would have sent the postcard to him. I, what, another thing I love about this opening scene is the fact that Charlie's Girl is also the song they ended up using at the end of um, season finale that we just had a few weeks back when Emma's in New York. That's the song that's on her radio when the alarm goes off in the morning. So I like that it came full circle where we started is where we ended. But, yeah, I I remember seeing that postcard. My first thought was, ooh, I need one of those for my Once Upon a Time collection. And then my second thought was, okay, who sent it? It has to be somebody in Storybrooke, somebody who retained their memories, I was definitely trying to figure that out. Oh, are you there? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yep, I can hear you guys now. Okay, sorry about that, everybody. So um, I'm sitting here going on and on. I'm like, why are you, why are you why am I getting that message? I can't be heard. Okay, <clears throat> so then after that, we go to the Enchanted Forest. And we see, you know, two people riding across the plane, and they get to the Arabian-looking castle, right? And I'm thinking, you know, at first I was thinking to myself, like, is this Agrabah, maybe? Like, I wasn't really sure what was going on. That's what it looks like to me, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after that, you know, when you see that it's, you know, Sleeping Beauty, or who you think is Sleeping Beauty, at least, which I'm going to talk about that in just a second, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you see that it's, you know, the spinning wheel is there, and you kind of figure out, okay, it's Prince Philip, and he's there to awaken her. Okay, cool. And then, you know, he kisses her, and she wakes up, and, and, you know, it's just like when, you know, Emma broke the curse on, you know, Storybrooke, or when Charming broke the curse on Snow White, you know, it has that cool, like, true love rainbow thing that goes out, so... You know, I I was like, okay, that's that's another, you know, link right back to what was going on right now. And it was kind of like, you know, it made me think of the pilot and when the curse happened in the first place, which, of course, is now being echoed in season three and going home. And, yeah, I was just like, okay, there are different threads to this episode, too, you know, and what's going on right now. So I thought that was pretty nifty. Um, And then also, too, I just want to say, because this spinning wheel was there. So here's what I want to talk about with Aurora, right? Because when she says, she has that line where she says, 
where they're talking about Maleficent. And she says, first she goes after my mother and then me. Forgive me if I'm a bit weary. Okay. So that's when I was like, wait, I'm confused. So then, you know, I, and I think it's in an Origins article, or somebody posted it on Once Upon a Fan. I think it was one of the staff writers did. Somebody um, helped me out, try to refresh my memory. Yeah, Teresa's mentioning it right now. In the original Sleeping Beauty story, the Sleeping Beauty, who is the princess that, you know, the prince wakes up with the kiss, the two of them have two children, one of which is named, you know, Aurora, basically the Dawn. And so since this, you know, once upon a time, her name is Aurora, like the Sleeping Beauty is her mom. And so that's where that comes into play. So that's why, like, even though her prince's name is Philip, Aurora, like her mom was the Sleeping Beauty. So it's kind of like, I always wonder, you know, like when you and I have discussed Maleficent's history and whether or not we're going to get to see more of that on Once Upon a Time. I've always wondered, too, about the three fairies. And, like, were the three fairies involved in Aurora's story or were they involved in her mom's story? And will we ever mm. get to see that kind of thing? I hope we do. And True Blood actually is the the main show that Kristen Bauer, Bob Stratton, is known for. And she played Maleficent in Once Upon a Time. They're actually only doing one more season and it's already filming. So... I was really hoping that if it's just a time schedule commitment, that once they wrap, because they do short seasons, I think they're only like 11 episodes, once this ends, that they could bring her back in and really get into the history with Maleficent and Aurora, Maleficent, the whole Sleeping Beauty thing, the Regina history. I would love to see any of that stuff. But, of course, I think we will because of this big, you know, the movie that's about to come out um, in a couple months that Disney's putting out, the Melissa movie, which looks phenomenal. So, definitely. Yeah, and um, I want to mention one thing that that Angela Angie Konisberg is saying in the chat room that Broken is better on the rewatch because now we have grown to care about Mulan and Aurora because the first time that we saw it, it was like, who are these people and what do they have to do with anything? I completely agree because I remember distinctly thinking, now we're bringing these people into the story. Like, what do, what do they have to do with the curse being broken in Storybrook? Like, I'm confused. So, I do agree with you, Angie. I think that that's a good point there. Um, so mm-hmm. then, after you know, after that whole spiel with you know Philip and you know Aurora and Mulan, um, which you know we get the uh, well, we don't know that it's Mulan yet at that point, but you know we get that whole thing. Um, we go to Storybrooke, and of course, you know, the magic smoke is clearing away, and Snow and Charming are standing there in the street, and I love that it picks up, like, immediately from when season one ended. I just think that that's great. I love that that's, that it was just, a, like, there was no, you know, jump in time or anything, I just because we didn't know what to expect. Nobody knew what was going to happen, so I was just, I was, you know, stoked about that. And then, of course, we get the, the reunion of, you know, Snow and Charming with Red and Granny, and then also the dwarves in that great scene. And, and you know, I, yes. know, I know how you love Snow White and, the, and Team Seven so much, Amy, so I'm sure that you love that scene. Yeah, so they did their little kneel to her because, you know, she's their princess, but it was so cute because they had the big hug. I love that scene. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites, too. Um, and, like, because, you know, I love that, you know, Jeffrey Kaiser is sitting there wearing the purple hat for Dopey and everything. Like, yeah. You know, all the all the little touches are all there. I just love it. Um, I think that's fantastic. So, um, and then after that, of course, is one of the, you know, best scenes of the whole series, in my opinion, is, um, you know, the Charming Family Reunion. 
definitely. I think a lot of people said that they got kind of teary-eyed at that scene because it's something that's been building, obviously, since the very first episode. You know, we saw Emma get put into the wardrobe, and we've seen you know her coinciding with her parents without knowing it for an entire season. And then we finally got the scene where they both realized who each other were, and they had that that reunion, and all three of them, Josh Dallas, Jenny Goodwin, and Jennifer Morrison, I think they all did just so amazing in that scene. It was definitely, definitely something that was worth waiting that whole season for. Yeah, um, I had been waiting, you know, the entire first season to see that, you know. I mean, because originally, you know, I don't know about you, but originally I did kind of think that Emma's quest to break the curse was going to be the entire span of the show. So I wasn't expecting them to break the curse so early. So then when they did and you see them reunite and, you know, like Snow is sitting there looking Emma up and down, like looking at her to see, you know, almost like if she looks like her or just what she looks like now. And, you know, even though she has known her this entire time, just such a flip on their relationship. And then, you know, of course she, she holds her hand, right? She holds, she, or she holds her face rather in her hands. And she's wearing the same mm-hmm. coat that she's wearing and going home, and she does the same thing that she did then, right? So it's just, it's echoing right back to going home, like Broken goes right, you know, goes there too. And, um, which, you know, I love that little touch too, because that gorgeous scene in going home, it's amazing when Snow, you know, when she holds Emma's face and kisses her forehead, the way the sun is breaking over him and everything, that just, that's yeah. just an amazing shot. I've said that before, but it's always one of, it's just one of the best things I've seen on the show. So, definitely. Um, yeah, and then, you know, of course, when Snow is like, you know, you found us, and then Charming comes over, and they hug, and and it's kind of it's kind of still for a second, and then Henry's like, Grandpa, and it's like, oh, <laughs> that scene is just so good. It's just so good. Yeah. It's so it's so emotionally, you know, it's such good emotional payoff. It's very satisfying. Definitely, and I was, this is another time where I was watching and looking at uh, Jared Gilmore, it's just the difference between, you know, season one, the beginning of season two, and then seeing recent pictures from not only season three, but Twitter, and and he's really growing up, he was, it just seems like he was, you know, a little kid, and now he's starting to kind of grow into a, you know, a tween, so you can definitely see him growing up right before your eyes, and he's, such a phenomenal guy. He's so, so good in the part of Henry. He's really a great child actor. I swear to you, my phone is, I can't believe it. Okay. So I can be heard again for a second. All right. My bad, everybody. All right. So, um, yeah, Henry, um, I want to see more of Henry and the interaction with Emma, interaction with Emma, which is kind of why I'm excited about, you know, the second half of season three, because at the beginning of the season, I know that they're probably going to have more scenes together. And um, I think that that's, I think that's good. I think that, that I want their bond to kind of be, you know, done again. Although, you know, if you think about it, it's kind of like the fact that Regina gave Emma false memories may not actually end up being such a good thing after all, because not only does Emma not remember meeting Neil anymore, but neither does Henry. So they're going to have to, re- like, go through that whole thing later on, and it just makes you wonder, like, you know, like, if, cause, because eventually now that they've been, you know, kind of cursed, so to speak, they're going to have to, like, they're going to become a version of, like, we are both too. Isn't that interesting how, like, it's going to end up affecting everybody that way? Um, yeah, I 
I love that. I mean, Regina, I mean, I, I really do think she did that out of, you know, a hope to do something good for Henry, but I think you're right that it might turn out to, you know, be end up being like a big conflict for them. They're going to have that. Angela said it too, that we are both complex trying to find a balance of who you are when what you thought you you were or who you thought you were has turned out to not be true. And, you know, they're going to, I can see where that's definitely going to be sort of like probably a conflict point coming up. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see, I mean, I just, I can't wait for the show to come back. I'm so ready. Like, I'm ready to get back into, you know, the story of, you know, what's going on now. I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. So then um, after that, after the reunion scene, we go to Rumpel and Belle. And, you know, they're in the forest and they're talking and they're back at the wishing well and everything else, right? So, um, and then she's telling him about Regina and how she was taken prisoner and everything else, which, you know, and she kind of, and she tells him not to take revenge. And then, of course, you know he's going to, like, it's Rumpelstiltskin. Right, right. She tells him not to and, you know, he's like, he's not having any of that. He's like, oh, she lost you up. And you can see, I mean, for basically 28 years, he's, until Emma came back, they say he didn't have his memories, and we're still kind of debating on that. But, you know, he, for a long time, thought she was dead, just finds out she's really been alive this whole time, and Regina has been the one keeping them apart. So he's clearly ticked off in this game. Yeah, there's... um. There's, I don't know why she would, I mean, I don't know why you would think that he's not going to do something. Have you met this man, like, recently? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. I think oh, it was yeah. nice anyway. to see them back together again, though. I mean, we got kind of a small taste of it finally at the end. Because Skin Deep was such an important episode for the series, and it's, you know, obviously that one's a lot of people's favorite episodes. And that's where we first saw the relationship and saw them get separated. So the build-up, you know, we got them back together at the end of season one and now really starting to see them together. But I, I, I know that they're teasing that we're going to get more of that relationship and more Bell information later on. So I definitely want to see some more of that because I don't think Bell was, I don't know, I loved her so much in Skin Deep, but then through season two, I don't know, I just kind of wasn't, wasn't really feeling Belle after, after she came back. I can, yeah, I, you know, when they said that there was going to be more interaction between Rumpel and, and Belle, I was mm-hmm. just like, um, is it going to be like a dream thing where, you know, like, kind of like Neverland or whatever? Like, is it going to be that kind of a thing? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm inter- I can't wait to see. I, I mean, I'm interested to see what's going on with that. Um, I, I've had a thought about, yeah, okay, I'll have to get to that later about something because there's something weird about the shadow and the wraith and there's something, there's just something weird about shadows, period, going on with the show. And I've been thinking about Rumple and his shadow lately and what it's going to mean when he comes back and you know, yeah, mm. just, just a lot of stuff. I can't, God, Amy, I can't wait to start theorizing again, like, on the, it's going to be so much fun. Oh, 
I can't march nice, just get here. Okay, so then we get the scene where the Charmings and the Dwarves and the Blue Fairy and everybody are walking through the street, and, um, you know, Emma, <laughs> they're trying to talk to, to Emma, and Emma's like, can we discuss this later over a glass of wine or several bottles? <laughs> <laughs> I, it cracks me up because she's clearly just like, oh, my God, I need a drink. Like, this is just too much. Like, <laughs> I can't exactly. handle this right now. My parents are fairy tale characters. I know. I mean, this is like finding out that your, you know, your roommate, your best friend is your mom, you know, after you've kind of been palling around and things. And not only that, but on top of it, you know, she's got the shock of, okay, my mom's also Snow White, which is just completely ridiculous, obviously, the idea of it to her and having to accept that. She's like, okay, bring on the liquor. I need a drink. (laughs) I would think I would feel the same. Um, I really do. And I do want to step back for just a second and talk about Belle because Teresa mentioned in the chat room that she was disappointed about how Belle was showing no effects of the imprisonment with Regina. And I have to agree. Like, like I, I have to agree. I think that I would want Belle to be a little bit unhinged maybe. Like she wasn't in an insane asylum for how long? Um, yeah. Or maybe she, or maybe like, maybe she was never cursed or maybe she was because, Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe Belle was never cursed. She was just stuck in the asylum the entire time. Oh, no, we know she was cursed, right? Because she didn't remember who she was. So wait, then. That doesn't make it. Like, why wouldn't she be? I don't understand that at all. Belle should have had more of a reaction, I think. Like, she's my opinion. Yeah, but that's what, yeah. So anyways, um, the race shows up, right? It shows up in the Enchanted Forest because it goes back to there. And... What I like about that scene was that, you know, Aurora is like, what was that? And then Phillips says something bad, which is exactly the same exchange that Emma and Henry had in A Land Without Magic right before the, the okay. magic cloud came and showed up. So, you know, I, I mean, that went right back to that, too. Um, and the race is creepy. It's got red eyes, and it's obviously very powerful. So, I mean, you know, take from that what you will. From those of you who, uh, from those of you who are following my, you know, my color theory on red and so forth um, here on the podcast. And for anybody who's new listening to the podcast, um, color is really used pretty extensively in the show to tell part of the story. So um, that's kind of what I'm talking about a little bit here. And uh, anyway, so um, she was, oh, really? Okay, so Teresa said in the chat room that she, it was, um, Belle was in prison for two years for Regina before the curse happened. And yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, see, she totally should have had more of a reaction. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, yeah. And then also, too, I just want to say with the race, right, the talisman, doesn't it look like the medical symbol to you? Yes, <laughs> it does. And the race Isn't looks like a dementor creepy? to me. It is yeah, crazy. Like I remember seeing the medallion. Like, yeah. But I remember seeing the medallion when we were first getting the promos for Broken. Do you remember that there was a lot of speculation? Everybody was trying to figure oh, out what yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember was, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm the one shot of Rumple, and it almost looked like, you know, the way, like, rappers will drop the microphone, like he, like, dropped the, the medallion, and everybody was trying to figure out what it was, but it does, it does look like a medical symbol to me. That is too funny, like he dropped the mic, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, man, let me see here, so... I, you know, you know, you know what I liked about that commercial too was that they were teasing Captain Hook before he was even there. Mm. Right, remember when they were first teasing Captain Hook before 
you know, like at Comic Con that year. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome. And, and you know something that, that like I noticed? It does seem like it's been a hundred years ago. And I, I that's one thing I really love about the rewatch is that I'm seeing things in a totally different way. Maybe it's because we know how they, they pan out, but one thing I didn't notice the first time either. I remember seeing this episode, and I was thinking, why is Aurora's dress that color? Because, you know, it, it's sort of that muddled purple lilac color. And it, I mean, it just didn't fit with the traditional characters, and I didn't really think too much about it after that. But it dawned right. on me during this rewatch that if you mix that shade of blue and that shade of dark pink from the original cartoon that you get a muddled lilac. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. I, I I had never even thought about it that way before when I was looking for, like, yeah. tricks and things. You actually just made the point that I was about to make about the clothes. So I, apparently I've got <laughs> you watching the same thing that I've been watching. So that's fantastic. I love it. Okay, because that was going to be my point as well. Um, so nice catch. <laughs> cool. Um, so then, so then after, we, after the race shows up, we get, you know, whale, you know, and then, of course, you know, Archie, Archie Cricket, because they're both at that point, um, mm. shows up and says how, you know, Whale is going to go kill Regina, basically. And then everybody takes off after him. And then we see Whale, you know, at Regina's house. And, you, <laughs> and this is why I love Regina. The curse has just been broken. She's completely, you know, she doesn't know that she's powerless, but, you know, everything has just been brought to its knees. And then she opens the door and she just goes, may I help you? Like, in the most polite, like, can I help a stranger kind of way. Like, hello, do you need some help? Like, <laughs> I, it's, <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> She's, like, so smart, Alec. Because, I mean, obviously she knows at this point that they know who she is, and she knows why they're there. But she's like, really? Can I help you? Cause, uh... And at this point, she obviously she doesn't realize she doesn't have her powers back yet, so ends up being uh, turning out a little bit different than she thought it was going to. Yeah, I, I do like how, you know, later on, immediately after that, she gets her comeuppance when she says, you know, you wanted to see your queen? Well, my dears, here she is. And then nothing happens. Like, <laughs> nothing yeah, happens at like, all. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> I yeah, remember Regina those promo pics coming out, too. Yeah. Everybody was speculating whether or not, because we had a picture of her with her hands out like she was about to shoot and then we had a picture of like the crowd ducking but that was like all that was in the promo so I was like oh hmm yeah and that was um and I remember when I was watching that scene when I was doing it on the rewatch I was like you know whenever like when the director yelled cut I'm sure that Lana Priya probably broke into hysterics. I mean, I know that I would if you just have to, like, kind of flap your arms out like that and then, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just must have been a funny thing to to play as the actor. I mean, I don't, I'm just assuming that, but, I mean, that's, I mean, that had to have been hilarious. I mean, I would think so, at least. So, it would just be interesting, something to maybe ask her about sometime. Um, So then, you know, then, of course, the next mystery becomes who is Dr. Whale because we have no idea. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not really been indicated at all. So, you know, I've, I love that whole mystery too, and and then you know they take you know Snow gets up there and she stops them all from killing her, and you know they take her to jail and Regina's like 
so I'm a prisoner now. And the way that she says that, like, actually kind of makes you feel bad for her a little bit. But, and, I, and I'm like, that's why Regina is, like, so really evil, because she can totally be the most villainous person and then still make you feel sorry for her, like, two seconds later. Yeah, I love Regina, even though... I mean, I I felt sorry for her, and she's you know been my favorite anyway. I'm I don't know. Everybody was like, "Oh, she's getting what she deserves," and I was like, "Come on, Regina, zap somebody, get your powers back." I was just hoping for for more of that wicked, evil queen side. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you evil regal, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> So then after the Charmings leave, right, Rumpel and Regina have their little confrontation at the cell, and he, like, you know, puts the medallion on her hand and, you know, basically curses her with the race and all that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like, that is a very understated way for him to go about revenge, but I was really expecting some kind of explosive blow-up from gold, like, I was almost expecting him to behave the way that he did in Skin Deep when he was yelling at the mirror or, you know, at Belle. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that he would go into that kind of fit of rage almost because mm-hmm. it was going to go back to Skin Deep. And then when it didn't, I was like, oh, okay. Like, instead he's just so angry that he's just going to quietly murder her. And, you know, that'll be all. You know, check, please. So <laughs> I, just, I just thought that was hilarious. So that was just not yeah, what I was Yeah, I remember expecting, kind of thinking that, that too. Because he, I mean, he had, we've seen, like, this this extreme temper, and we would think that finding out, because that was probably the most extreme we've seen it, is in that those scenes in Skin Deep when he bashes up the cabinet in his castle and also when he's beating up Moe. You know, we, so obviously he has this strong emotional attachment. So I, I remember that, too, thinking that he was going to be so emotional and angry that he was going to go after Regina himself and not, you know, send something else. But then, you know, we had the whole race turn of events. Yeah. Oh, that darn race. Whatever will we do with it? Um, (laughs) Let's just send it into oblivion. Hmm. Okay. So one thing that I want to point out about that scene too is that Rumpel is wearing a blue shirt with a red tie. And if you combine those two colors together, you tend to get purple. Yeah, and, purple. of course, he's, you know, he's, you know, magical at that point. So, isn't that yeah. funny? Mm. So then we get the big reveal of Mulan and her hair, which it went from, <laughs> did you notice this time how it went from being down to being up in that crazy ponytail? I never noticed that before. <laughs> Maybe she uh, tied it and stuck a stick through it or something. Dude, all I can, okay, here's she what I can hot. say about that. All right. here's, yeah, here's what I have to say about that. All right. So that hairstyle, like, mind you, I've, you know, I've never had, like, really long hair in my life, and I'm certainly, you know, never had long hair like what Mulan has. So can I just say that that hairstyle with that ponytail, I know for a fact, would take so long for her to get ready that by the time she was done getting it up there and everything, the battles would all be over. Like, she'd be so busy putting her hair up that, you know, she would miss the whole thing. I mean, really, I feel like that's what would have happened. So, because in season three, her hair is down all the time. The ponytail isn't there. And I'm really glad that they made that decision because that ponytail was, like, a little bit much. Because, yes, I'm one of those people who is thinking logically, okay, how is this fairy tale character on this television show going to be doing their hair like this? Because, you know, what else? You know. <laughs> Why not think of it? Visiting the right? once-upon-a-hair okay. salon. <laughs> 
Exactly. Yes. You know, right next to the evil cooking bakery. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, that only sells one turnover at a time. That's all they cook. All right. So, um, the next, you know, the next question I always wonder too is, especially after season three, was if the wraith and the shadow are like related in some way, like if they were ever kind of, do they send people to the same place? Who knows? Um, I don't know. Um, and we gotta, okay. I gotta make sure we get this moving right along because we are about halfway through the show already and we're still in like the first half of the episode. So, um, after that, it was the Charming Family Meeting, which is out on the street after um, Emma sent Henry with Red. And, you know, Charming says, don't push it, Snow. And she goes, I won't. And Emma walks up, she goes, ready? And Snow immediately goes, we need to talk. And I love Charming's reaction. He's just like, I just told you not to push it. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's just, there you go. And then that whole conversation, of course, is where it was one of the funniest ones because it had some really great lines in it. Like when... When Snow was telling Emma that she wants to talk. And she says, I mean, I know we have talked, but we didn't know that we were talking. Like, isn't, <laughs> like, wait, you, but you did know. Like, isn't that, I just, I think that's hilarious. And then, of course, it also turns into the thing of where they talk about, you know, one night stands and the like. And then he's, Charming's like, one night stands? Snow's like, whale. And he's like, whale? And like, we were cursed. That is my favorite. We were cursed. There. We Everybody was saying that We Were Cursed was the new, because back when Friends was the number one show, the big line was We Were On a Break. So, like, We Were Cursed became the new We Were On a Break. That was, like, the big line. I loved it. So funny. It's hilarious. I think I read that in a magazine article, too, where, um, or maybe it was a video Jenny and Josh were talking about it. I can't remember. But yeah, I remember hearing about that too. And okay, here's the other thing that I want to point out about this scene too, okay, because it's very significant. Emma is originally at the start of the episode, she's wearing her bright red jacket, the same one that she wore all through season one. Did you notice how in this scene, her jacket is actually different. It changed. It's not the same one. Yeah, it's not bright red. It's kind of muddled now. It's kind of a muddled, yeah. It's like a muddled maroony red color. Yeah, and isn't it so interesting that that's the case right at the point where, you know, the curse has been broken and now everything that she knew about herself and, you know, the world and life has just been flipped on its head. Now suddenly her clothes, her her jacket changed in the middle of the episode. I mean, so for anybody who's been, you know, following what I've been saying about Red and everything else, there is, I mean, there's another, you know, prime example. So I just wanted to point that out too. Um, because that comes on later on you know, in season three, you know, Emma didn't have her jacket the entire time, isn't it? You know, and then isn't it funny how once they got home and she, yeah, red jacket again. Okay, anyways. So, um, and then, you know, you know, Emma also tells her about how she felt alone and everything else. It's just so sad. And then, you know, they go and find, you know, she asks her which curse is worse and it's so, you know, depressing. And, you know, and then um, Rumple, you know, they go and find Mr. Gold later on and, he told you know she comes in with her big her quite a list of grievances or quite a litany of grievances actually is what Rumple says, um, and I just I love that whole scene in in you know the pawn shop I think it's great. Yes, this was such a good episode. I, this is another one that I forgot how much I liked until we just started doing this rewatch. And honestly, this one I don't think I've seen more than twice. A lot of the episodes I have because I write the recaps for the website, so I watch them, you know, several times as I'm writing to catch things. So, yeah, I uh, I got 
to see this one for this time after we got to only watch it. Gosh, it's been, you know, months and months since I've seen this episode, but definitely one of the ones that I thought was really, really good. And, oh, another thing that I remember catching when I saw this was on um, at the beginning when Neil drops his iPod or whatever it is, his MP3 player, the icon on the back of it is, um, I believe, it, I think it's Joshua Jackson. It's the, the band, for, or Jeremiah Jackson, the band from Lost is the icon on the back of his iPod player. And it's also, Emma has a sticker of that band on the back of her bug, which was another one of, you know, these Lost, Easter eggs that were really heavy in the first two seasons, which I'm really kind of sad that we've gotten away from that. I really want to ask Adam and Eddie why uh, we had so many really great Disney and Lost Easter egg type things in the first two seasons, and then now it seems like they're completely, you know, non-existent in the most recent season. Yeah, definitely, and. Um... I just got to say really quick one thing because I just checked on it. The Super Bowl score is now 29 to nothing in favor of the Seattle Seahawks, so I am uh, pretty excited about that. I, I'm just saying. I'm just going to say that really quick. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, <laughs> hashtag just saying. So um, so then I also, too, want to say that when they're in the pawn shop and they go outside, right, that's the same – it's the same night that kicks off Wonderland. Yes. Yes, it is. In the very first episode of Wonderland, yeah, in the first episode of Wonderland where we see the knave in Storybrooke and he's crossing the street and we see Emma's bug kind of swerve and and grumpy and all that and it's like getting stormy outside, that's supposed to be the night that Gold called the race and the race was coming. So I I love that, love Love that. I really want to go back and rewatch the first episode of Wonderland again now, too, just to kind of look around in those first scenes and see if I can catch anything else from that ties it into Broken. Yeah, and, you know, that's, again, something that's going on with the show right now because now Wonderland is going on. And, you know, what's so cool, too, is that because, you know, we know that Barbara Hershey is coming back to Wonderland or to, yeah, to Wonderland as Cora. And obviously, since it's going along in time with season two, it's going to, you know, it could be that Cora is when she's in Storybrooke. So, you know, that's the interesting thing there is that something we're going to see this year is going to relate to the other show last year. And then the other thing, too, is that um, now we're getting Rose McGowan back, too, as young Cora. So isn't it going to be really interesting if those episodes kind of air close to each other, Um, you know, where the two characters are on the two different shows? I think that would be really awesome. I think so, too, and I thought about that because Rose McGowan is not be on Wonderland. She's going to be on Once Upon a Time, and Barbara Hershey is not going to be on Once Upon a Time. She's filmed an episode of Wonderland. So if those two things, I think Rose McGowan's is going to be flashbacks and things, and we're going to see some more of Regina's history and hopefully some more of Cora's history, but... I I would love to see those two episodes kind of air right around the same time. We know for Once Upon a Time that it's episode 18, which we talked about in the news earlier in this podcast. But, yeah, I I can't wait for both of those episodes. I'm, like, ugh, I'm chomping to the bit for both of them. 
yeah, I I can't wait to see the crossover and to see that interaction. I, I'm really excited for that. So totally stoked. Um, so then after that, Mulan ditches Aurora to go look for Philip in the Enchanted Forest. And then we get to the scene where the race comes in and tries to suck out Regina's soul. And then, you know, Snow shows up and wards off the race with what is apparently hairspray and a lighter. I'm not. I'm not really sure. <laughs> spray paint. I don't know what she used exactly. Like I'm. I'm confused. Yeah, I think it's hairspray. But yeah, hairspray. Right. Uh-huh. So yeah. So she comes in and does that, and then you know later on Regina tells Charming that you know nice example you're setting for your daughter there. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Is Regina <laughs> kidding right now? She cursed those people and created that entire situation, and now she's acting like the victim and throwing that in his face. Oh my God, she's insane. She's insane in this episode. Like, she's out of her mind. That was the point where I was like, oh, this witch, she needs to get hers. You know, like, pronto. Um, because that was just too much. I was like, come on, come on, girls. Like, you you got to be kidding me. So then, you know, right after that, we get Jefferson's hat, which is another Wonderland reference, right? And it goes right back yeah. to, you know, the beginning of the episode with Cleaner and Hatters, right? Okay, cool. So, you know, right then, that's, that's bringing another factor of Wonderland into it. So, you know, the same night that the race is tearing stuff up and, you know, the Knave of Hearts is running around Storybrooke is also the same night that they're spinning Jefferson's hat to, you know what I mean? Like, isn't that so cool? Yeah. Like, I love that. So, yeah. so many times. Um, and we know the crossover is coming. So I, oh, I can't wait to see that on Wonderland. Oh, my God, I can't wait. Yeah. So then, you know, Charming likes the railing on fire, and Regina has this look on her face like, you know, I better do this. Like, he's a good guy, and he's risking himself. Like, did you notice that? Like, after he tells her to hurry, she gets this look on her face like, yeah, okay, I will. Like, I kind of <laughs> noticed that. Like, I've always felt that Regina has a bit of a soft spot for, for Charming because, you know, even though later on in the episode she, you know, tells him that he's not a prince, he's just the son of a shepherd, when she cursed him, she did give him his own original name instead of, you know, calling him, you know, something else. So I always mm. kind of figured that, and then you know she, you know she tried to kiss him in that one episode too. So I always figured that Regina had a little bit of a soft spot for Charming and was really, you know, maybe kind of had a thing for him. So um, I guess I hope I've always noticed that. I noticed that the first time that I watched the episode too, but I just wanted to point that out for here. Um, let me see. So then, um, you know, Philip. Then we get the big scene where the race comes and sucks out Philip's soul, right? But before he does that, he turns around and says, "I love you" to somebody who. You know, we don't know who it is, and of course, it, it's meant. At least I interpreted it to be like he could love either one of them or both. But mm-hmm. then, and that that was why Mulan looked that way. But then I was like, well, wait. If Mulan loves Aurora now, then is she upset because of that whole thing? Like, I was just, I was a little confused. Yeah. So. This um, is what I thought about that that scene. After all right, we've heard. I've seen a lot of people say they interpreted it differently. The writers and the actors have pretty much come out and said that the intention of the scene recently in season three was that Mulan has feelings for Aurora, but she didn't tell her. What I took from this rewatch is that after searching with Philip for Aurora for so long, I kind of got the impression that Mulan did have feelings for Philip, but like a lot of people in you know, the real world and in real life, a lot of people are bi and so what? You know, maybe she did have some feelings for Philip, but after spending all this time in season two getting to know Aurora, I think, you know, she. I do think she had feelings for her. So I don't think 
it's some impossible plot twist that she had some feelings for Philip, but then towards the end, her feelings had changed, and she had feelings for Aurora. I don't, I don't think that's a huge, yeah. you know, a huge jump to make. I don't, I don't see what what I took from re, the rewatch. Right. So then after that, you know, we get the scene where, you know, they're trying to get the hat to work still, and they, uh, Regina can't get it to work, and then Emmeline Sennon touches her, and then it works, of course. So, mm-hmm. which you know loops back around at the end of the season. So we'll talk about that when we get to that episode. But, you know, so then, you know, the portal opens and they send the race down there and then it grabs, you know, Emma and Snow goes in there because she's not going to lose her again. And then Charming jumps after him and the portal closes and he hits the floor and boom, that was it. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, are you kidding me? They just found each other and now they're separated again. Like, can this couple please get a break? Um, <laughs> I mean, come on, you're you're killing me here. So, um, so then after that, you know, we get the scene where Aurora and Mulan are – you know, putting Philip to sleep on the little table where Mulan was sleeping. And I love that, too, because it's a reversal, because the prince is now asleep and the princess has to save him. So, you know, awesome reversal there. What do you think of that, Amy? Yes. I I love that little twist. I thought it was awesome, kind of the role reversal. Now, you know, he saved her and now she's going to save him. And I have the same reaction, too. When Emma and Snow went through the hat and then the portal closed, I was thinking, oh, my God, they just found each other. But then I was thinking, well, at least Emma's, you know, got her mom with her, so they're not totally separated. But poor Snow and Charming, they just cannot catch a break. It's just like we talked about last week where Snow was saying, and Apple Red is blood, you know, is this going to be our entire life? Are we always going to be separated and have to try and find each other? And he's like, no, no, but... Clearly, it kind of is, because here they go again, you know? Right, because even when they were in Storybrooke the whole time, they still weren't together because they were fighting because of the curse. So, right. It's ridiculous. So then, um, you know, that's when we get the scene of Charming and Regina and the tree wallpaper, and she makes a wrap around them and, you know, all that stuff. And here's what I love about that scene. When she says, I should have killed you when I could, and now, now I can. She delivers it in this way that her tone of voice is so evil. She's got this really crazy look on her face. Like, she looks a little crazed, to be honest. So I was really, I mean, as usual, I was impressed by the way that Lana ran that scene and the way that she did that. Um, But, yeah, it was just such a a crazy, yeah, she was just nuts. Like, did you see the look on her face, Amy? She was, like, crazy. Like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, she she was really going to do it. And I was like, oh, Regina, I know you're about to cross the line. Don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I thought it was awesome. I don't know if it's in the the cap of the pictures going by across the top of the podcast screen right now, but I know that it you is. had actually grabbed, is it? Yeah, you had grabbed the screen cap and showed it to me, and I was like, yeah, she just looks like she is, she's not going to hold back. She is, has every intention of, of killing him off right now. Oh, yeah, it was just good stuff. Okay, so we got to keep this moving right along because the show is almost over. All right, so then, so right after she says that she's going to kill him, right, and now now I can with this crazy look on her face, Henry comes in, and she's like, Mom, and she's like, Henry, what are you doing here? In this totally sweet, like, oh, honey, you came to visit me at the <laughs> office. How sweet. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me here? Like, come on, Regina, you're nuts, dude. Like, oh, my God, she's nuts. She's just nuts. 
Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so then, you know, so then, you know, they, talk, they had their conversation, and then he goes off with Charming, as he should. And as they're leaving, Red is giving Regina just this totally evil look, which, you know, I love it, because she's always said how she doesn't like Regina at all, but I just love, I, yeah, I love that. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, she, she gives her the death look. So good. And I was thinking, hey, you ain't your boyfriend, so step off a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So, um, <laughs> a little bit. So then we get the scene between Rumpel and Belle, and she's come back, you know, after she left, you know, before Huff, and, you know, because he said what, and, you know, she said, I thought you would change, and he said, what, in the hour you've known me? I mean, which is kind of true. I mean, I mean, it is kind of true, I'm just saying. And this is where I feel that Belle started to go wrong. I mean, you and I have talked about this. I didn't, I don't like where they took Belle's character, and I wanted Warrior Belle back, and now we're getting her, but... This was the very first instance where I thought something was going a little haywire with her character, but I don't want to, you know, beat on about that too hard. So, um, he ha- so one of his lines that he says is, you know, the beast is gone and Regina lives. And I just love that because he is the beast for Beauty and the Beast, and he's saying the beast is gone. That, you know, at the same time, he's still acting totally evil. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that he made that, that comment with the beast and kind of referenced back how, you know, it's just another tie-in, how he was the beast from, they you know, they made him into a secondary role from another fairy tale, and I I thought it was just really smart writing that that was the line that they had him say. Yeah, just, um, I, I, you know, yeah, God, it's just a, yeah, great, fantastic writing, love it. Um, and then, of course, after that, okay, is when we get the big reveal that part of the Enchanted Forest was not actually cursed. Okay? Mm. All right. And that everything has been going on, like, you know, as of, like, now. Like, it's not a flashback that it's actually been happening all at the same time. And, you know, I love how Mulan is asking Aurora if she knows about the Evil Queen. Like, it's just such an intersection of, of you know, Disney characters, basically. I'm just like, wow, this is, okay, I can get behind this. But then, all right, I just want to talk about that for a second because we're not actually watching Queen of Hearts in the rewatch, and that's where, you know, the episode is, you know, that's where it's revealed that, you know, that Korra put the magic bubble shield around part of the Enchanted Forest to save it from the curse. Okay, okay. So, this has always driven me nuts. So, basically, the darkest, most powerful curse that was ever created was stopped by a magic bubble. Um, <laughs> even though even though it could sweep through other lands and take other people from other lands that were not even in the Enchanted Forest, because it took Whale, and it took, you know, Jefferson. Jefferson. And, you know, if all these people, you know, and if, and if all these people were in their own lands and the Dark Curse swept through all of them, how was it stopped by a magic bubble? Like... Maybe that was supposed to set up the fact that Korra was really that powerful that she could deflect the Dark Curse, but I feel like it kind of just, I don't know. But my original hope with that, my original idea was, was you know, that, you know, when the Blue Fairy and, you know, in the, in the pilot when she says that she has to go take care of final preparations or, or whatever episode she says it in, she says that she has to go make final preparations with the fairies. I had always assumed, as soon as I saw Broken, and we found out that they were all, it was all happening, like, you know, presently along with Storybrooke, I had always assumed mm-hmm. that that was the, you know, the final preparations, that somehow the fairies had done something to preserve part of the Enchanted Forest so that they would have something to go back to or something. 
And then when it didn't end up being that way, it was like, well, all right. I don't know. I I kind of like that it turned out that way because they did try and set it up like Cora because she's she was the mother and she was always kind of a little more powerful and she you know had power really that was almost on par with Rumple and I I mean I kind of felt like they, that that helped set that up and also she, when she's talking to Hook not in this episode but where we see her create the bubble. She talks about how everyone under there is going to have, they're going to be asleep until the curse breaks. So, and they even mention it in this one, uh, Philip and Aurora, when they're talking about how everybody that was in this part of the forest was asleep. So maybe she wasn't powerful enough to let everybody keep going on with their lives. But if everyone was asleep, then this spell would, you know, keep them from being affected by the curse because they didn't start, Philip says they didn't start looking for Aurora until um, they didn't know what happened. But obviously we found, we know that it's when Emma got to Storybrooke and, and the curse, you know, time started moving again. So, I don't know, I kind of feel like that's how they, they set it up. I'm torn. I'm torn about it, really. Um, <laughs> okay, we've got like two minutes left, girls, so we've got to wrap this up. Okay, so then we get the reveal after that that Emma and Snow were in the Enchanted Forest. And the thing that I love about that reveal is that Snow is holding on to Emma's jacket like, whoa. So, you know, like obviously trying to keep her kid right where she had, like, you know, trying to, oh, I just love that little touch. I think that that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely trying to hold on to her daughter that she just got back. Yeah, and and you know, and then that set up the whole thing of season two. And I was like, what's gonna, where are we gonna go from here? You know, and then we got We Are Both, which is such a great episode, and you know, a bunch of other ones that were, you know, kind of interesting. And they took the show in some pretty interesting directions. And and then yeah, that was, and then that was it. Um, so I just want to remind everybody in our last minute of the show here that next week we are going to be watching Tallahassee. Um, so that is the next episode for our rewatch, and of course. Um, we're going to be talking more about uh, how it's relating to the show and what's currently going on with it on the season three storyline. I'm also going to um, uh, keep going on with my colors, you know, my theory about color and red and how it's used to tell the, you know, different aspects of the show and kind of identify little things about the characters that you may not have uh, seen before. Um, Also, if you're a fan of the Facebook page for the Once Upon a Fan podcast, you will also see a link to the Prince Charming um, article that I wrote which is the first in a series, and then there's also a Snow White article as well, um, and I'll be posting the link for that up on the podcast page soon. We'll also be sending that all on the Twitter. So if you want to read more about that, if you're interested in that, you know, feel free to look at it. Um, so, yeah, next week is Tallahassee. We're going to Florida. <laughs> We're going to Florida. Uh, we already did that in November. So, yeah, um, good night, everybody. Go Seahawks. They're totally going to win the Super Bowl. Anyways, bye, everybody. Bye, good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.